What's up, fam? So glad that you're back and that you're tuned into today's episode. You're listening to Aspire, and I am your host, Mastura Kohlmeyer. Now, before we get into today's topic, how was your week? My week was great. I usually work from home once a week. And since my kids are all at home because it's still school holidays here in Australia, the day I was working from home, I noticed my daughter was just sitting behind me watching me work. You know that feeling that somebody is present and just watching you? Yeah, that was what she was doing, lurking. She was chilling, doing her own thing, and I stopped for a moment to ask her, what are you doing? And she replied, just watching you working and vibing to your music. It made me chuckle because I like to dance and sing while I work sometimes. It was just really nice to have them at home while I was working as well. And we really had a chill week. We watched Frozen 2 on Disney Plus this week and the kids absolutely loved it. Obviously, the first movie was a whole craze, and when you think of a sequel, you never think it can be as good as the first movie. And yes, it has actually taken us this long to watch it. But it was such a good watch with the family, and it really wrapped up the story so well. I enjoyed this addition to the first, and it felt so wholesome to explore more of Elsa and Anna's backstory to understand their family and how Elsa's powers came to be. Frozen has been such a big hit and had every little girl singing, let it go, let it go, and go stir crazy about the whole franchise. It was genius. I actually have a video of Amalina watching Frozen and repeating the whole dialogue and singing along. I'll put in a little snippet of it here so you can have a listen. By the way, the tiny voice that you can hear in the clip is Ryan. He kind of squeals at one point, but he's sitting next to his sister, drinking his bottle of milk while she sings. It's coronation day. It's coronation day. Oh, and there was 
the taco which is a totally bizarre. Nothing like a light and nestled bar. For the first time in forever, magic there'll be For the first time in forever, I could be noticed by someone. And I know it's totally crazy to turn me my five Gosh, kids are such sponges. Honestly, I don't know how many times, thousands of times they watched and re-watched that movie. The movie was iconic. I love the fact that the film doesn't conform to the norms and moves away from the patriarchy to a more female-led role surrounding sisterhood and a sibling bond that revolves around love and friendship. It was groundbreaking for character growth and gender roles in that it doesn't follow a damsel in distress that is saved by a knight in shining armor or ending with a prince charming entering the fold to be Elsa's partner or king of Arendelle. It was refreshing to see a new narrative. Anyways, if you haven't yet watched Frozen, then I highly recommend that you do and then watch Frozen 2. But if you already have seen both, then please ignore my recommendation and instead jam to some good music while you work or are doing anything around the house because I do believe it makes you more productive. That's Mastura's recommendation for the week. So today's topic is about behavioral modeling and the importance of being hyper aware of how this impacts children. Let's just dive right in because this topic is so good and sometimes we often don't think about this. So Lego. Modeling is a simple concept that has very big implications for raising children. Put simply, it means showing rather than telling your child the behavior you want them to learn. Developmental psychologists have always known children learn by imitating adults. You have heard the popular saying, monkey see, monkey do, right? It usually is used in the context of imitating and copying what one has seen before. When we are talking about children and how much they copy what we do, we often don't realize how much they copy until we see them doing something we normally would. And the same goes to anything that they are exposed to, i.e. frozen, and acting out the things they see around them. It kind of smacks you in the face when you notice that they have picked up or imitated something you did or said, and you realize how much of a sponge these little beings are and how impressionable they are too. Behavioral modeling and observational learning is a method of learning that consists of modeling another individual's behavior, attitudes and expressions through the steps of attention, retention, reproduction and motivation. Now, I won't go into details behind the different stages of observational learning, but you can somewhat piece together what is necessary for the learned behavior to replicate. And if you are so inclined, you can look into his work if you want to delve in. His work details the importance of behavioral modeling and how learning from observing can be a powerful learning tool. Now, individuals that are observed are called models. 
in society, children are surrounded by many influential models, such as parents within the family, guardians and those who surround them often, characters on TV, friends within their peer group and teachers at school. These models provide examples of behavior to observe and imitate. Children pay attention to these models or people and often imitate the behavior that they have learned. So just by knowing this, having the knowledge that human behavior is often learned through observation, we can look to see how we can use this as an approach in our parenting as well. As a parent, you are a child's main source of knowledge for them to learn about the world surrounding them. They will look to you to understand what to do and copy the way you do things in life. Studies show that habits are solidified and built as early as the age of seven, after the most crucial milestones in a child's life has already happened. Habits, whether good or bad, are already set at this age. So the first years of a child's life are formative. Even money habits are set by the age of seven. A 2013 research from behavioural experts David Whitebread and Sue Bingham of the University of Cambridge found that our approach to money, such as planning ahead and delaying gratification, is set by the age of seven. That is insane. Now, since you are a child's biggest role model in the early years of their life, this is what makes behavioural modelling so imperative to a child's development and the impact that it can have on them for the rest of their lives. Leading by example is how we can show our children how to behave and we can demonstrate appropriate behaviours such as good manners, sharing and respect for others. By leading by example, we can use their curiosity and observation as a tool to aid the behavioural modelling process. Not too long ago, Amalina bought a dotted page diary and while we were at home, she showed me what she did to it. When I opened it up, I realized she had set it up exactly the way I set up my diary. It was so incredible. Kids really do copy what you do and it made me really proud to see her copy this behavior and get into journaling and diary writing at an early age. By writing her feelings down and giving them space, She can fill into them and holding the space with me to allow her to share the things she is proud of or the things she does with me, I can only hope will strengthen our relationship so when she is older, she can easily come to me and know I will always hold a safe space for her to open up to me. It's really incredible to see your children pick up things from you and imitate what you do And if it's good behavior, it's incredible to see and watch and see these little people blossom into their own people just by following what you do that is good. Our children are always watching us. So it's always important to be wary of what we say and do around them. It is always good to model behavior not only in front of your children, but also in the way we speak and act towards them directly. For example, if you want to encourage your children to say please and thank you, you can model this behavior by thanking your children and asking them to do things by saying please, such as, can you please pass me the salt? 
in saying thank you when they hand it to you. If you are concerned about the tone your child uses when speaking to you or to their siblings or others around them, it might be good practice to carefully examine and monitor the tone you use with your children, especially when you're feeling frustrated or overwhelmed. Sometimes when you are in that mode of frustration or anger, you sometimes will say things that are offhand and direct to them, which can model the incorrect way of communicating towards our children with using the incorrect tone and the frustration has come through in the incorrect way. And then they are taking on that information, taking on that tone, understanding that you've used that in frustration and thinking that they can do the same. So if we are realizing that they are doing this, we need to assess ourselves and ensure that we are modeling the correct behavior so that We are controlling our tone and the way that we communicate to them so that when they come across that situation themselves, they will be able to articulate and use the correct tone when communicating with other people, even though that they are frustrated. Now, if the off chance is that you are frustrated and you have said something or you're yelling and you are expressing that frustration in the incorrect manner, then when you realize that you have actually communicated in that way when you have been angry or frustrated, it's always good to come back and explain to your children or explain to the child that you have expressed inappropriate behavior and that is not acceptable and you would like to apologize for communicating in the way in the tone that you did and say that this is not appropriate behavior and making them aware of that. This will explain to your children and make them aware that that sort of behavior is unacceptable and they will learn from that and understand that when they get frustrated, if they have actually communicated in a way that is using the incorrect tone or is in the midst of frustration, then they can to utilize that apology and then go go back to whoever they've communicated in that way and also demonstrate that same attitude and that same self-awareness of knowing that that behavior was incorrect and that behavior was not acceptable and then apologize for acting the way that they did. So demonstrating that is really important as well. Yes, we are not always perfect, but also acknowledging that we do act out sometimes and then we can actually identify that we do that and then communicate in a way that makes them understand that that behavior is inappropriate so they understand how to behave in future as well. Hearing a parent speak positive, constructive speech and actions towards them empowers children to internalize and model these patterns and behaviors themselves. In addition to feeling respected and valued by using a kinder tone, it usually will be met with an equally kind tone, which is the reason why speaking softly and beautifully to your children will emanate a similar response. Same as if you are yelling and screaming and shouting to your children, that is the way that they'll communicate back to you because they are feeling the same frustration and the same tone and the same way that you are feeling and emanate that back to you. Modeling good behavior isn't always easy and nobody is perfect, but taking a close look at our behaviors and attitudes that we are modeling for our children and making a renewed effort to model kind, respective words and actions can make all the difference in helping your children learn how to navigate life and relationships well. Be patient, 
inconsistent as no habit is formed overnight. And actions speak louder than words. You can say, do as I say and not as I do as many times as you want. But at the end of the day, children will learn from what they see and what you do more often than what you tell them to do and not to do. It's also kind of counterintuitive to tell a child not to do something we do ourselves because that child will turn around and ask us, why is it okay for us to do it and not them, right? It's hypocritical and doesn't send the correct message to your children who are looking up to you and modeling everything that you do and say. In the end, they copy what you do rather than what you tell them to do. So ensuring you are demonstrating good behavior really becomes important. Of course, a lot of this is easier said than done. Modeling good behavior may highlight the fact that we have behaviors or mannerisms that are not so good. We may find it very hard to accept that and then very hard to change it. We all want to be a good example to our children and it may be a steep learning curve for a parent to adjust their behaviors so that they can model an example they hope their children will want to become. It's part of the reason why people feel like they become better people when they become parents because it forces you to analyze yourself and be better and do better. But we also need to remember we're not all perfect, right? To be patient with ourselves by giving ourselves grace and understanding we are trying our best as parents and sometimes that is just enough. Just learning and being aware of how we act and behave in front of our children, that can be enough. It definitely isn't easy. But we've got to try if we want to achieve positive results. When mistakes do happen and we sometimes model inappropriate behavior due to being upset or frustrated, just acknowledging it and explaining why it was wrong is equally important. There's nothing wrong with telling your children that you are learning too and that every day you are trying to be a better person. Let's talk habits. Habits are insanely difficult to break. And most of the time, they are actions and behaviors we perform subconsciously. When we form and repeat habits, dopamine is released to the brain, making us feel pleasure in turn, strengthening the habit. So this is why it's important to start young when teaching good habits so they develop healthy habits from an early age. Make it easy for your child to form healthy habits like singing a song while washing their hands or get them to count to 20 when they are rubbing the soap in between their hands. Whatever the habit, make it easy for them to remember and adopt so that they can continue doing it. Turning this habit into a game will allow children to associate fun and positivity with washing their hands. Don't postpone modeling good behavior until you think they are old enough to understand because they will actually pick up things more than you realize. And then when they are older, you can explain to them when they must wash their hands, like before eating or after playing, after using the toilet. And then you can further explain the purpose behind counting to 20 and singing a song while they scrub their hands with soap. That by doing this, we kill the bacteria that we have touched with our hands. And remember to reinforce good habits with positive feedback and words of encouragement. Like, well done. I noticed you were washing your hands after you went to the bathroom and you were singing while you were rubbing your hands together with soap. That's great that you keep your hands nice and clean. Or, wow, you're playing with your Lego so nicely with your brother and sister. 
I really love seeing you share and being kind to one another. Positive reinforcement encourages children and even adults to continue the good behavior because by praising them and recognizing their efforts, they will receive the dopamine hit and continue to strengthen their habit. We all like to be recognized and children especially do. So don't hold back in doing this because it encourages the good behavior they are learning and modeling from you. Last week on the podcast, I mentioned curating your social media and what you are exposed to in that space. This same concept can be applied to children and what we expose them to, including how we behave in front of them. We can curate and be wary of the way we behave to model good behavior to them so that their learned behavior is good behavior. We can also curate what they're exposed to to eliminate bad influences or things that they can learn terrible behavior or attitudes from, such as TV shows or movies that are inappropriate or people who exude negativity. We want them to emulate positive behaviors and to help them learn this. We can restrict the exposure to negative surroundings and create an environment whereby the positive attitudes and behaviors are shown to them for them to observe and copy. I've said this before, what you focus on grows. So if we allow children to observe and focus on negativity because we expose them to this, This can grow in their behaviors and attitudes. If we curate the space and environment they exist in to surround them with positive behavior and good attitudes, you'll see the good behavior and positive attitude grow in them because they focus on observing this behavior and learn from it. So be careful in what you expose your children to. Behavioral modeling is so important. How you behave is not only about you. It's about those little beings, those little people who look up to you and are observing every single thing you say and do. The tone, the facial expressions you have, every little humph or oofed, the eye roll or grunt you let out, the frustration, the sadness, the smile, the tear how you react and the way you speak or yell or shout. Each and every form of your behavior is being carefully analyzed and watched and observed, stored in their impressionable minds and kept for later use, for them to copy and imitate. Now, with all this in mind, think for a moment how amazing it would be If you had incredibly socially aware, socially intelligent children who feel so empowered to embody every little bit of who they are, who are seen and respected and well-mannered. And on top of that, how powerful it would be to know that you did that, that you gifted them the knowledge on how to behave like that, that you know that they will go through life and have built good habits to live a life that is good. Out of all the people in the world, these little people were gifted to you. Out of all the mothers in the entire world, in the entire universe, the entire planet and solar system, at any point in time in the history of existence, in the history of mankind and creation, this little person was entrusted to you, given to you. And you have been chosen to be their mother. That is no accident. There is divinity in this. 
Our roles as mothers and parents are so incredibly important. We have the power to impact and raise amazing, incredible human beings who will go out into the world and bless every single person they come into contact with. That is a responsibility that is huge. But what an incredible opportunity to do something so impactful that will benefit them for the rest of their lives. You have that power. And part of that responsibility is knowing how much we can influence our babies and teach them to be good, kind people. That's what I want for you. And that's what I want you to embody, knowing we are raising the next generation of people in the world. I hope this is so impactful and inspirational and you've taken this on board and wanting to impact your children in the most positive and the most best way and have them emulate such great behavior and positive attitude and such a well self-aware person that respects others and has such great manners and are just great good people. I hope that when you take from this episode, you can actually implement and put into practice so that you can model the correct behavior for your children and they can pick that up from you. And we are raising the next generation of good, great people of the world. Well, that is all I have to say for this episode. But you know what time it is now, right? It's Mastura's mind-blowing facts time. Courtesy of Olaf in Frozen 2, mind you. Listen here. Are you okay? I could really use a bright side, Olaf. Bright side? Um, uh, turtles can breathe through their butts? Huh? And I see a way out. (laughs) This had me googling after I watched the movie. There are a few sprinkles of Olaf's sayings and some facts he says throughout the whole film in Frozen 2. Some are true and some are just Olaf being Olaf, but he is not wrong about the turtles. Some turtles, like the Australian white-throated snapping turtle, can absorb oxygen from water through their cloaca, I think that's how you pronounce it, which is the backside tube of an animal that functions as a waste-secreting, breeding, and egg-laying zone. Sounds pretty gross, but bear with me. Because turtles are reptiles and are cold-blooded animals, when their temperature drops in the winter, a turtle's internal temperature drops with it, making its metabolism slow down as well. While they are in this slow metabolism period, their oxygen needs become quite low and the oxygen diffused from the water running over them is enough to sustain them until spring. Hibernating turtles get the limited oxygen they need through their butts in a process called cloacal respiration. The ability gives turtles an advantage in hiding from predators. However, butt breathing efficiency varies. Some turtles can get 20% of their oxygen this way. Others can get 70%, but the lungs still serve as their primary breathing organ. If times get really tough, they can always switch to anaerobic anaerobic or anaerobic respiration, which means powering their metabolism without oxygen. 
But this mode comes with a time limit due to the buildup of respiratory byproduct of lactic acid. Anyways, this is getting too technical. So I'm just going to cut it off there. There you have it. Turtles can breathe through their butts. Mind blown. What the hell? What the F, right? <sighs> Anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Aspire. I am your host, as you know, Mastura Kohlmeyer. You can find me on Instagram at Mastura Kohlmeyer. Give me a review on Apple Podcasts. If you really enjoyed this episode, give me a five-star review because I really appreciate it. And this will make me move up the charts and other people can be exposed to this podcast. And you know where to find me. You can email me at masturacolmeyer at outlet.com. You can, you can find me in our Facebook group at Aspire with Mastura Colmeyer. And wherever you're listening to this from, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever podcasting platform, make sure you subscribe and follow so that when new episodes drop, you can keep on top of it. And thank you so much for listening and being with me here today and lending me your ears. I'll speak to you guys next week. I love you guys so much. And thank you for being here again. Hope you guys have a great week and I'll see you next time. Bye.